one ticket for And Why Not, please. and the nerds who haunted themselves. I'm Stuart Moraine, and this, for this episode I was joined again by the mighty Damien Edwardson, he of Art 92 fame, to talk about the 1987 uh, cult classic, The Monster Squad. Um, yeah, I love this film. I think Damien loves this film too, as you'll find out in the episode. Um, so that's really it for this rambling introduction. So without further ado, let's roll the trailer. when you have ghosts but who do you call when you have monsters we're the monster squad what's a squad it's like my own advice i think they're young and inexperienced naughty virgin they're a bit disorganized monsters are not real we don't know that sir two thousand year old dead guys do not get up and walk away by themselves but when strange things start happening in town... There's a monster in my closet. Ooh, look at that big, scary monster! What's happening? Do I see a werewolf? Silver bullet? They're the only ones ready to do battle. Something down there that's killing people. And if it's monsters, nobody's gonna do a thing about it but us. Soon the creatures of the night shall rule the world. Real monsters? Midnight in the world, remember? Maybe we can be like Mascot and Stingy, you know? Two mask bombs. We got a 235, sit back up. Hurry up! I'll meet your squad. The is right. Don't you see it's all true? By midnight. You guys! They won't seem so young anymore. Monster Squad. Wolfman Squad. Hello, Damien. How are you? I'm all right, mate. How are you in this pox-ridden island that we inhabit? <laughs> <laughs> That'll play well in ten years, won't it? Well, when we're all back in swamps. And yeah. <laughs> looks like fucking Maid Marion and her merry men. <laughs> hey, I'm swimming in mud. Tights, <laughs> Bring it on. Where's my yeah. gold piece? <laughs> I bet they won't be BBC Kids program quality tights though. <laughs> no, no. They're probably them cheap cheap ones. You know, you can see right through them. Like, like, no, they're probably inside. made from the scrotum of a roadkill animal. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Oh. Yeah. Leave a bit of guts in. There's a bit of padding at the front. <laughs> bit of warmth. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, it's all right till it starts seeping and then it, you kind of lose the effect a bit that might you pay time i believe <clears throat> <I'm trying. laughs> obviously uh, <laughs> it's like that great thing here about um that room that elvis used to put a bit of hose pipe down his trousers when he was on tv and uh, a guy said i tried that he said it was a disaster and he said well you're supposed to use a dry hose pipe <laughs> 
for Scott. Yeah, I've heard. I've always hoped that's true. (laughs) But I'm well, thank you. (laughs) (laughs) Roadkill stockings aside. (laughs) Um, Awesome. Well, enough of that bleakness. Let's talk uh, the Monster Squad. (gasps) Yeah. Fantastic. Um, The often overlooked 80s cult classic. yeah, released in 1987, written by Shane Black and Fred Decker. So it's a Black and Decker movie. It is. Uh, directed by Fred Decker and starring uh, Andre Goa as Sean, um, Duncan Regeer as Count Dracula, Stephen Mack as Dell, Stan Shaw as Detective Sapir, and Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster, amongst others. And the film that will always be immortal for the saying, Wolfman's Got Nards. Uh, it was released in cinemas in the US on the 14th of August 1987, and then we got it over a year later on the 30th of September in 1988. Uh, it grossed £3,769,990, uh, yeah, uh, £3,769,990, or dollars rather, worldwide on an estimated budget of £12 million, so it lost money. Um yeah, like I say, so that's what I haven't got a Roger Ebert review for it, like I've tried to with most films. I can't even find a Barry Norman one either. But I can't find Barry Norman reviews on most films, unfortunately. Um, as I said before, nobody seems to bother to have archived those. No, it's a shame. I remember reviewing The Evil Dead, Barry Norman. Yeah. That was, uh, I used to love film, insert year here. Oh. Well, I did. I discovered it because of Turtles, because they did a Turtles thing on it, and my mum taped it for me because she knew I was into turtles and then I was like I'm actually more interested in this guy this old guy who looks a bit like my granddad in a big jumper yeah yeah he actually quite liked Evil Dead if I remember rightly as well that's what I liked about him he wasn't he didn't totally diss it he was very much you know had this talked about the uh the kind of DIY aesthetic to it yeah it was very unnerving and I thought oh that's good that you know because most people just looked at him that's a bit shit doesn't it (laughs) no no it doesn't you know, it's it's groundbreaking. You know, running through the woods, having that little dolly thing through the woods with the camera, shit me up. For, yeah, that's, that's one of the few films that, that gave me a nightmare. That and Tetsuo Body Hammer. Um, with all, I think that was all the flashing though. <laughs> to be fair. <laughs> I was like, I can't sleep. <laughs> but yeah, that scene, that end scene of uh, Evil Dead, where it, you know the camera races through the woods, the spirit. It's like, oh, that, that really. Again, Freak me out that. That's it. Then you go to Evil Dead 2 and Army of Darkness that are such good fucking fun. Brilliant. Fucking gr- horrible again. <laughs> Absolutely brilliant. I love the Evil Dead stuff, must have been. Yeah, I, I do. You know, I, I like Sam Raimi though, I'm a big fan. Big fan of him. I think he's got a he's got a great eye for for just making entertaining films, you know. Yeah. Um even the Spider Man stuff I think is some of the best. Yeah, he's very much a B movie director. Yeah. On an A list budget, isn't it? Yeah. With the exception of the Evil Dead, sorry. <laughs> a very shoestring budget. Yeah. But, but uh, anyway, enough of the Evil enough, Dead. Enough of the Evil Dead, because we're on the Monster Squad. Oh. Sort of similar, but more kid-friendly. Well, I'll tell you what, spoiler alert, um, I fucking love this film. Yep. Absolutely love it. And every time I see it, because it's a weird film as well, because it's it's hard to see. It, it's, it appears and disappears on streaming things. So it's on Prime for a bit, then disappears. Then it'd be on Sky for a bit, then disappear. 
yeah because we talked about doing this a while ago didn't we and it yeah. was on prime at the time yeah i was like oh we should do this soon as on prime and then you know one thing and another yeah and, sort of, and then by the time we got to do it i was like oh it's not on prime anymore you can only pay to rent it sorry and then every time i watch it i think god i love this film I, it's just really really a great film and yet it's got its problems you know but it's an 80s movie isn't it it's, it's an 80s movie it's got you know like they, they say it's got themes that that may not be appropriate these days or whatever you know hey never getting a thought bubble would it you know what i mean <laughs> <laughs> but there's language and there's um you know there's certain terms that you use and yeah you know you got you got oh you know it kind of makes you but the context of when it was made and and it was it's portraying the people of the time and that was the that was rightly or wrongly the way that they spoke and the terms they used and the way they would insult each other and you know and if you can be mature enough to get past that this is a really great film this is a perfect saturday night sitting in with a couple of beers and, and a big fucking bucket of crisps kind of movie that you could you could sit with your kids and watch as well if they were maybe 12 you know maybe they're older yeah because it does have a it's quite scary as well in parts it is it's but i mean it's in that 80s way where they're kind of like you know kids can fucking take it <laughs> yeah 15 year olds can smoke and fire shotguns i fucking love that Do you know what I mean? The oh, first thing was, uh, is that he's a badass on a BMX bike oh, smoking a cigarette that he lit with a match that he struck on the bottom of his shoe. Who didn't want to do that at that age? And he's having the brother from the Wonder Years. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Jason Hervey. He always played a bit of an arsehole, didn't he? <laughs> he's got that face though, hasn't he? Not again, yeah, I'm yeah. sure he's a lovely guy, but he's got that. Yeah. If he was slightly older in the 80s, he would have been that yuppie prick in braces in every movie. That's right. That's cheating on the heroine of the film kind of thing. Yeah. But Yeah, so, but, so spoiler alert, but I'm going to rave about this film to love it. So I mean, that's that's kind of what we do here with a couple of odd exception episodes. Uh, it generally is movies we love kind of thing. So sort of take me back to the beginning. What are your first memories of seeing the film? Because it sort of, it had a cinema release, but it also sort of came and went. It did. Um I think, right, I'm going to talk a bit before we start recording, I was saying that I think there's only probably about half a dozen people in the world ever saw this in the cinema, and me and my mate Salty were two of them, because we used to have this thing, right, called the 80s Cinema Club, which ironically, we used to call it 80s Cinema Club in the 80s when we were doing it, and we were both in school, and then every Wednesday, we'd go to, to the local cinema, which was in Rill, in North Wales, and we'd go and watch a film. So we didn't know what we were going to go and see. We decided when we got there. But every every Wednesday we went. And we did this for about, probably about two two or three years, right? So nearly every Wednesday we'd go and um, see something. And we, we saw everything. You know, because, like, we're watching films now and it will go, what the fucking hell is that? I'll be like, oh, 80 Cinema Club, you know. He's like, you've never seen this. I'm like, no, I have. And, you know, and it's things like, you know, Howard the Dork and, and, you know, American Ninja 4. And then you go and see one of the Star Trek films and then it'd be Lethal Weapon. Because that was back when you could just get into any age film, to be honest. They didn't really give a shit, you know. Um, Or at worst, generally, once you got past the guy checking the ticket, you could walk into any fucking screening you liked. Yeah, yeah. So we we had AT Cinema Club and we used to go and... um, I can distinctly remember this film because it now this is the weird thing right because when i was doing a bit of um 
sort of looking into the history of it and it was saying that it came out in and i think it was in august of 87 in the states yeah and then it had listed that it was something like july 88 or or something in in the uk and i'm thinking i remember seeing this and i remember it being cold and i don't remember it being 1988 because i have have very clear memories of 1988 and then when i was i was watching a, a a little short documentary on on um some elements of the film just just so i could get my thoughts straight and the guy was saying it was released in the uk initially in in i think he said it was november november of 87 all right and that might be right that might be where i saw because i remember it being distinctly cold i remember coming out and it being like really frosty do you know what i mean when you came out the cinema and we were waiting for a lift home and stuff yeah because so, the date i had was 30th of september 88 yeah, and I think that might have been the video release, actually. Unless it got uh, released, I don't know. But possibly, anyway, perhaps it went straight to video could, over here with a brief cinema could, run. Yeah, I could be mis- misremembering, you know, like you do. But anyway, so at Cinema Club, we went to see it, and me and my mate Salty, we fucking loved it. It was everything that, you know, at the age, he said, what would we be, 14? It was perfect. It was the perfect film for, you know, kids that were about your age, the cool kid that was about your age that you thought, yeah, that's that's what I want to do. I want to strike a match on my boot and, you know, be dead cool. And uh, and it, it was just it was just really, really fun. And even now when I watch it, I get this 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 the certain films that make me feel quite emotional in a in a kind of um um in a sense of taking me back to a time of when things let's be honest, things were a bit easier and a bit less you know everything seemed life seemed difficult but seemed a lot easier at the same time you know compared to like when you grow up and and this is one of those films rocky falls another one rocky four takes yeah that's a you know and it's there's certain films that you watch and i i get i get quite emotional watching them it's not because i'm i'm sad at the film i i get quite sad at the fact that you look back and you think fucking hell you know this takes me back to a, a different time when you know, you had people that, that are no longer around that were, that were there, and and you know, there's all those other emotions that 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 come into play, and this is one of those films. When we watched it, yeah, watched I it get again that, with like, 90s movies. Yeah, because obviously slightly older, I would have been 13, 14, around the mid 90s, so yeah, 92 but, to 95, sort of that is my peak period kind of thing. So that's when everything sort of flood, comes flooding back. I mean, there's other exceptions to that, because I mean, this film, I know I saw it as a kid. I think it must have been like my stepdad used to just go up to the video shop, grab a video for him and then look at something that either he'd vaguely like to see as well. So this would have been perfect because he loved all that Universal Monsters stuff. Yeah. Yeah. Or, you know, would just be like, yeah, that looks all right. That'll do. So we'd get weird things like that or um, Little Monsters with Fred Savage or whatever it was called. Those sort of. Or garbage pail kids, those <laughs> 99p for the kids to rent titles. Yeah. Um, but then I forgot all about it until I saw a um, nostalgia critic episode on YouTube about it. I was like, I remember this fucking film, but yeah. it had completely gone from my mind because it's one of those few 80s films that just disappeared completely. It's weird, isn't it? Because it, it had a really short run. It bombed, didn't it? You know, yeah. um, got pulled out of the cinemas, so it's hardly in the UK. So I think we must have gone the first week it was out and, and seen it, because like I say, we we just went and went. That looks ace. We'll go see that. Um, and then it disappeared. Then it came back on video. I remember hiring the video as well. 
and, and watching it again and thinking, oh, this is such a good film. And that disappeared. Um, and it kind of, it's, it, it amazes me because, you, you know, like you, you kind of always assume that everybody remembers the stuff you remember because you remember it so vividly. So yeah. I, I used to talk about Monster Squad um, and I'd, I'd, be, I'd say, oh, you know, the film, and you'd forget sometimes. You go, you know, um, oh, yeah, yeah, Monster, you know, you've got Monster Club. And you go, it's Monster Squad, that's it, Monster Squad. And you'd be talking to him and they'd be like, okay, go, what the fuck are you talking about? And you're like, you must remember. And like, I've never heard of it. And then I, you start thinking, did I dream this stuff? You know what I mean? And, and you're going like, no, 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 it's definitely there. And it's interesting because as soon as I saw the first episode of like Stranger Things and it started, it wasn't even that far into it. And I said to H, fucking hell, it's like a modern day monster squad. She's <laughs> like, what are you talking about? And I'm like, it's a brilliant film. But trying to describe the film to someone, it sounds like a big pile of shit. It really does sound, you're just like, oh my God. But it is brilliant. It's, 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 you know, it's really kind of, it's quite complicated, as I'm sure we'll come on to. There's a lot going on. It's got a huge cast, really, for, for yeah. you know, a film that's like an hour and 20 minutes, you know. And it's only an hour and 20 minutes because I think they do the closing crawl, the credits. They slowed them down yeah. to try and make a bit of time out, apparently. Yeah, I'm pretty sure they did that so they could hit that 90-minute mark, yeah. didn't they? <laughs> but it's, it's just such good fun. You know, the, the kids aren't... I mean, I hate kids, generally. I mean, I, I like a few kids, but kids in films got me wick to be honest yeah especially american kids these don't because they've got that ability to they talk to each other like you talk to your mates when you were that age and you think actually i can relate to these now you know they're not they're not smart asses they're just kids who are a bit bit nerdy or a bit weird and they've got a little gang and they've got this real rapport you know with each other and there's just some great lines in it as well you know um there's the great line about um, the guy's sister, you know, speaking German and, and, <laughs> and he insults it, you know, and it's just there's just so many good things in there that you just think there's no character in it throughout the whole film that you think, oh, God, you know, not them on screen again. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody's really, really good, really good. And, and it's it's cheesy, it's hammy, it's 80s. As I said to you before, there's plot holes you could probably land a jumbo jet through. But do you know what? It's a hell of a film. It's just such good fun. You know, if you've never seen it, honestly, you should. If yeah, you can, the, hire the pacing it, on it is spot on. It's oh, perfect for the audience it was aimed at. Because before, like you say, there's plot holes in it. But by the time you've got a chance to think about them, it's like you're on to the next thing anyway. So you've forgotten about it. But I think that's part of the problem, isn't it? About why it never became such a bigger hit was because it didn't. It, it kind of fell between two audiences. So it's a it's a kind of kids monster film, kids horror film that was too scary for kids. So it was given a 15 rating in the UK. Yeah. But it wasn't that horrific that adults would flock to see it. So it kind of just appealed to I think it just appealed to like Salty and me and that age group of, yeah. you know, you were around that age. You were in the middle of the two. And if you happened to go and see it, you'd think that's a film and a half, you know, but it, it missed both target audiences, which is why I think it didn't, it wasn't a success and it wasn't, you know, it's yeah, a shame. Yeah, I think you're right. It hits that very narrow window, doesn't it? Of yeah. Just edgy enough you'd feel older than you are, but also comforting enough in yeah. the younger demographic that you feel safe with it as well. Yeah, it's a bit like my comics, you know what I mean? Yeah. They've got a very narrow window of interest, about a dozen people. <laughs> 
but if you if you can't find your audience, particularly with movies, you're never going to make money. That's the no, thing. That's the yeah, sad thing is though that is that I'll every time I watch it, I'm like, why isn't this up there? Whenever people mention the Goonies, why aren't they also talking about Monster Squad? See, I think it's better than the Goonies. Oh, I do. I'd happily rewatch this over the Goonies any time. I can't watch the Goonies anymore because it gets on my nerves. There's too much screaming. And it, I I bought it on DVD when it first got released. And mm. I was really looking forward to watching it. And I was like, I can't actually bring myself to do it. No. It's like, I think I'd rather just keep it in that sweet nostalgia spot. I occasionally yeah. see bits of it on telly and I'm like, no, I've got to stop watching this. Yeah. It's like, These kids are getting on my fucking tits. <laughs> yeah. This is a much more enjoyable film than Goonies. Because like I say, you don't want to put your hand in the screen and grab the kids and shake them. To, to <laughs> fuck up, up, they fuck up, will you? But, uh, and uh, they share because the, the mother is the same mother, isn't it, in both films? Uh, yeah. Larry Allen Trainer. So interesting. Yeah, weird. I watched two films in a row this week with her in because she's in Ghostbusters too as well at the beginning. Oh. So I watched that with Jack today. Yeah. She's the yeah. mother that's running the party. Um, Ray and Winston do the dancing. Oh, I love that film. Uh, again, a great underrated film, which unfortunately suffered at the hands of Batman because <laughs> everything else got ignored that year because of yeah. Batman. Well, it's, it's a Batman, great film. Indiana Jones and Lethal Weapon 2, wasn't it? <laughs> yeah. Anyway, let's let's not let's not go too but, far off the, the beaten path here with uh, the with Well, there is the Ghostbusters connection in that. The there is. There's a lot of connections. Squad is the uh, you know yeah. to call when you got ghosts, but who do you call when you got monsters? Brilliant. And and you know, there's obviously. You know, there's a lot of. Uh, it's interesting when you start looking at who was involved in the making of the film as well, because it has a certain style to it. This film, if we could just talk about kind of aesthetics of it, like there's an opening scene with like, um, you know, it's it's got like a a skeleton impaled on a on a big stick. Yeah, the and, uh, seizure castle. Um, yeah, and you kind of go, and that that every time I see that, I go, Raiders of the Lost Ark. It looks and feels like Raiders of the Lost Ark. And it turns out that it's because it had the same um, kind of visual, the guy in charge of the visuals, the visual effects. Yeah. Was, uh, you know, it, it was, uh, I'm trying to remember his name now, but um, it'll come to me. But yeah, it was the same guy and he worked on, um, you know, Return of the Jedi, Empire Strikes Back, stuff like that. Richard Edlund, that's it. That's it, yeah. And and he did Raiders and he did Ghostbusters. You know, he, I think he were, I think his company's called Boss Film and, and it and it has that feel. You know, the the lightning around Dracula and stuff has the Ghostbusters look. The, the Big Trouble in Little China, they did that. Yeah. And it has that, so it sets that kind of mood immediately. And you just think, oh, you know, I'm going to enjoy this. Well, um, so then you got Stan Winston on the creature designs. Yeah. Again. Because I think originally they wanted to use the classic Universal ones, but then obviously for copyright reasons weren't allowed. So well, it's why the creature from the Black Lagoon is Gilman rather than yeah. ever referred to as the creature from the Black Lagoon. But they, they pitched it, didn't they, to Universal originally because yeah. they wanted to use them and they were like not interested in, in, in the project. So they Which is such a shame they... that would have been the perfect way to reignite that Universal Monsters brand. Well, yeah, that's the thing, isn't it? But, you know, in hindsight, they should have done. But, but saying that, though, I really like the redesigns they did. I mean, I, I think do. The, I think the, the weakest one is probably the Wolfman. I'm not not great on the Wolfman, but I think the rest of them, the Creature from Black Lagoon, the Gilman, is this fucking awesome. And the yeah. Mummy is brilliant. You know, the, the the Mummy design in this is just superb. But yeah, 
Winston was he was the guy was a genius, wasn't he? You know, he's an yeah. absolute genius. And that, that reinventing those characters in the way he did and, and just re kind of tweaking them slightly so you know Frankenstein's bolts are on his forehead and not his neck, neck and yeah. things like that. But it really works. It really genuinely I love that works. design of Frankenstein as well. I yeah. I strongly feel that that was an influence on the Kenneth Branagh movie when they came to do um, Robert De Niro up. Yeah. Because, I mean, it's more realistic on De Niro, but it very much has the feel of that Frankenstein rather than, you know, the green skin monsters kind of look. Yeah. And, and you know, remember, this is the guy that did Aliens, Terminator, Jurassic Park, yeah. all these other things. You know what I mean? He, he knows his onions, doesn't he? Yeah. But there's just so many, like, really good people involved in this project that you just think how did this not become a major success you know like shane black you know the guy wrote lethal weapon one and two you know fred decker i mean night of the creeps which i've not seen for ages but i remember really enjoying it and yeah you know we we worked with frank miller on robocop 3 you know and and he's just done lots of stuff and you just how is that you know fred was it fred decker or shane black one of them wrote um the original draft that, was, that became house you know the horror the, the uh, other great fred decker i think that was Is it fred, yeah and again it's like it, it, it absolutely astounds me that this film isn't bigger than it is just because it's just such a good film and it's so well put together you know yeah there's a few ropey effects in it you know which you get now but you're going to get that with, with the ages, old though, wouldn't it? <laughs> yeah you know you look at the mats and the way it gives you sometimes the black outlines around them the, the matte effects but that you get that in ghostbusters you get it in everything but you, i i quite like it and this is what i know you said about like the wolfman as well but it sort yeah. of also has that 30s universal horror feel about yeah. it as well yeah that, you know it, it does look like a guy in a suit and that my only, yeah my only issue with the wolfman is because he can't move his his head it's like yeah he, you know he's, he's a bit yeah he's very padded up he's like got no neck is he do you know what i mean got no neck i do like, like the the fact that the wolfman in human form is Uncle Rico from um, Napoleon. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it is. Brilliant, isn't it? Absolutely brilliant. But, but even on the casting, I mean, how good is Tom Noonan as Frankenstein's monster? Uh-uh. Incredible, isn't it? I mean, I love Tom Noonan anyway. I love him in Manhunter. Yeah. But, um, like, you know, the bit where they give show him the Frankenstein mask. Yeah. That's a beautifully painted scene where he's like, scary. <laughs> Yeah. Doing his yeah. And I love it why is, the kids run and hide. Yeah. And Phoebe's Aww. like, don't be chicken shit. And- it's okay, you guys. He's friends with us. Come on, don't be chicken shit. And it, it basically is just a love letter to the old Universal monsters, isn't it, when you look at it? Because you look at yeah. the scene where he meets, he meets Phoebe. I mean, I'm sure we'll come on to the characters in a minute, but he meets Phoebe, the little girl by the river, you know, and it's like. Yeah, it's, that's it. You assume he's going to drown her. Yeah, it's lifted straight out of the classic horrors and you know and yet you know uh dracula's kind of tomb is is obviously based on on those kinds of old or traditional kind of universal horrors and but it's got that element of hammer about it as well yeah you know, it's got that it's got that little bit of edge to it that it's a bit more kind of gritty but it's just and the thing i like as well is that it's not played for comedy it's all played very seriously but not in a bad way do you know what i mean it's like everyone's like in it and like absolutely in it 100 percent. they're not kind of you know so everyone kind of, knows what they're in don't they oh and they know perfectly how to play it i love the relationship between um sean and his dad as well beautiful isn't it 
that bit where they go on the scene the... and they look at the, the driving, the distance, and what, when they're watching Groundhog Day 13, which yeah. went a long way from the original Groundhog Day. <laughs> it did, yeah. I don't remember Bill Murray being like cut up and put in the microwave and then coming back from the dead, but maybe maybe I didn't just didn't see the sequel, you know. But um, it, it perfectly captures those sort of oh. unspoken moments between a father and a son kind of thing, and it's like yeah. I know you're doing shit you shouldn't be doing, but I can't be asked, and I'm quite happy to just sit here with you, to be honest. Yeah. It's like, don't tell your mother kind of thing. Yeah. No, it is, it's 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 really good. It's it's just a there's a lot of really good um kind of people focus stuff. Yeah, some lovely human moments. And yeah. It's interesting because I think I remember read read somewhere ages ago that I don't think Fred Decker and Shane Black actually ever wrote it together. I think they were completely separate and they concentrated on different elements of the script. Yeah, and that rings a bell from the documentary. Yeah, and I don't think they ever sat in a room and, and wrote the film. I think it was, and I think I think it might be Shane Black who did more of the kind of, you know, the 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 heartsy stuff. You know, more about the relationships and the family dynamics and stuff. And and I think Fred did more of the kind of action based stuff. But it's it works though. It really does work. And and yeah, it's just it's just a great film. It's got some great lines in it. I mean, as you mentioned before, you know the Wolfman and the Nards line and you know there's just there's just a lot of really good lines in there to be fair he gets like two of the iconic lines because the other one is when they say nice job fat kid and he's like my name is Horace (laughs) and he cocks the gun yeah pumps the gun and it's like brilliant (laughs) and it's that upward angle in it it's it's the hero shot isn't it so good so good poor guy you know obviously he's Sadly, he uh, died of pneumonia, didn't he? And yeah, Brent Challam. Yeah, he was, I think he was 22, wasn't he? Yeah, he's and, very young. Studying to be a lawyer, sadly. But, I can't remember which one of it was, but he said they didn't find out he died until they were just doing an internet search oh, on the film shame. and it came up. But yeah. Yeah. but yeah, I think sort of moving on a bit tonally, the only thing that never sits right for me with the film is when they kill Sapir, um, the partner. Yeah. That's the only thing that feels a little bit unearned and mm. like, kind of shouldn't have been. I mean, take him out, but don't kill him. It just seems yeah. a little bit. I mean, it yeah. falls into that 80s thing. You know, if you're black and in a horror movie, you're dead. True. It's, it's like point. if you're watching an Aliens movie, isn't it? It's like, well, I know this guy isn't going to make it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I'd actually forgotten. I always forget that he, he dies. Yeah. Um, I think because he's sort of comic relief as well. Yeah, he is. He's actually quite good, isn't he? You know, he's kind of he does he's 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 the kind of um, he's he's us in a way within yeah. the film. Where if somebody told you the plot of this, you'd be like, oh right, okay, you know, oh right, you know, oh he's a werewolf, you know, and he he kind of voices the 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 kind of um, the everyday person really. And so you can you could relate to what he's saying, but it, it no, no, no reason to blow him up though with dynamite. Do you yeah. know what I mean? It cracks me up that he calls Sean's dad in to deal with the guy when he before he turns into a werewolf who wants to be locked up. It's like yeah. you're in a place full of cops. Why do you need this one cop? It would have been better if he'd have rung him up and been like, "That guy who wanted to be locked up, who we shot, uh, his body's gone and he's killed somebody." Yeah, that would have been when I'd have called in like the detective, not when you've just got an irate guy who wants to be locked up. Yeah, I know. But, uh... <laughs> But yeah, and it's got it has got these like little undertones that that 
probably didn't quite get when I was 14 watching it because I was just enjoying it too much. But, you know, when you re-watch it and, you know, the uh, the scary German guy. With his called. tattoo. But, yeah, with, you know, Leonardo Cimino. That's his, yeah, his and, delivery of the line of when Horace says to him, uh, you know a lot of things, you know, seem to know a lot about monsters. And he's like, yeah. yes, I suppose I do. And then as he shuts the door, you see the tattoo. Yeah. That's fucking, you know. That, in a, I know. In a film about, like, you know, holocaust survivors that would have yeah. been beautifully played i mean it's beautifully played in this film as well but yeah it's just like, that would have been like the big emotional impact of a sophie's choice kind of movie wouldn't mm-hmm. it yeah but there's there's a lot of that little little stuff that you pick up on and it's just yeah i think as i get older and i watch it more i see different things in it you know um more of the relationship stuff and yeah it's it's good it's really good i had the best fucking treehouse i've ever seen Oh, yes, man. we all wanted that. A split level tree house. With car seats bolted in. Yeah. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh, it's just unbelievable. And posters on the wall, because anybody knows that if you put a poster up in a shed, it fucking moulds very quickly. <laughs> <laughs> it's like these people with home offices in yeah, I know. Like, you know, TV programmes where they're out in a shed. It's like, I've yeah. tried putting a thing up. I've got an insulated shed because the people who lived here before were dog groomers. It's like that fucker leaks like anything. <laughs> so I put an office out there. <laughs> Brilliant. <laughs> oh dear. Anyway, I, mean, I suppose we need to talk about the plot, don't we? A little bit. Well, I mean, that'll take two minutes. <laughs> Unless you don't want to spoil it for anyone who's going to see this wondrous feast of a Well, no, I'm, I'm, I'm hoping people have seen it and then come to this. But, you know, if not, I do love the, the original plan for the opening would have cost more than the budget of the entire yeah. film. Yeah, when like three hundred like you know vampires on horseback or something. Well, yeah, it was hundred men charging the castle and zeppelins and. Yeah. Because I always think if I'd love to see that like animated and put onto the beginning, like done in black and white or something, or just done in a comic adaptation, like a prequel. Yeah. Just to see what the, I mean. It, I imagine what they actually would have done for the film would not have looked anywhere near as impressive as it is in my head. Because, you know, you hear a hundred men storming Dracula's castle and zeppelins and... Yeah. I kind of feel sorry for that poor girl they bring in to open the portal. (laughs) No. She doesn't have a chance. Read this, sucked into a portal. (laughs) (laughs) Well, you know. Van Helsing survived it. Well, did he? Well, he did, yeah. We don't know at the beginning, do we? Spoiled him. He comes back and gives a thumbs up, so we know it's all good. That's good. I love the thumbs up. At the end. I love the thumbs up as well. Because it's just that's how you feel, isn't it? At the end of the film, I, I do. You know, at the end of the film, you kind of think that he gives the thumbs up, and, and you know, uh, Sean gives the thumbs up back, and you're like, yeah, fucking yeah, <laughs> quite right too. Thumbs up indeed. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> you know what I mean? It's like, oh. God, I love this film, you know. The more, I, the more I think about it, the more I genuinely enjoy it. It's it's just such fun. Um, I love the little um, narration crawl at the beginning as well that ends with, they blew it. Yeah. Well, that's um, when, I remember me and my mate Salty sitting there, I remember us looking at each other going, oh, this is going to be, this, this is fun. You know what I mean? This is going to be a pastoratus, as they say. That's it. So, then, so from that, we cut forward to the... Uh, Sean and Patrick getting bollocked at school for drawing in class, which I could relate to because that's what me and Andy used to do in Spanish. Yeah. 
sit there drawing instead of actually learning the lessons yeah <laughs> but yeah and then uh, so again, yeah um, <clears throat> sorry so again all those characters none of them get on your nerves you know yeah. so you've got sean um and his best mate patrick who's you know he's kind of he's like your classic best mate isn't he yeah like dead dependable and actually not that annoying that, that you want to punch him so you know it's, it's that kind of like that mate that we all had and then you've got like horace who's the, you know for the time he was the token overweight kid you know that everyone would pick on well, him he literally is your token fat kid isn't he yeah he is fact, he's well, called fat kid more than he's called horace he is actually yeah. <laughs> which is again why i'm sure it you know it would be yeah uh, it wouldn't fly now frowned so. upon in today's <laughs> society um and then you have the introduction of you know there's obviously little eugene who's quite good as well don't do a lot but he has i love with scenes, eugene that nobody believes that he's seen like yeah. the mummy and the, the gill man yeah <laughs> Poor little fucker. i love on a slight thing eugene's dad oh yeah he, yeah when when he, does the, he does the Typical you know. parents thing of like, you monsters off the bed, get out, get out, get out. <laughs> yeah, when he yeah. opens the closet, doesn't even look in it. He's like, it's <laughs> but it's really, really good. Isn't it? It's really good. And then you have the, the the marvelous Pete the dog. You know, yeah. um, one of the heroes of the story. It's one of those. Like, there's no small parts films. No. It's like everybody. It's like the two pilots flying the plane. Yeah. Yeah. One of them popped up in the Phantom recently on a recent episode, but um, <laughs> but because I always misremember, I always think that they die, and I'm always so happy when they ah. don't because I love the banter between them. Yeah, and do you know one of them I always look at and I always think, is that Hank Azaria? Is that because <laughs> and I was like, no, it isn't. No, and H like, no, it's not. Just looked him up and like, ah, oh. but he looks like him. And he sounds like him. It's like yeah. it's weird. And, and going back to the actual, you know, the, the core kind of group, you've got obviously Phoebe, who's um, yeah. Schultz, sister, who wants to be in the Monster Club, as it is at the time, and they won't let her in because they have a no-girls rule. So another reason why it won't get probably re-released, <laughs> because, you know, <laughs> the kids... But she saves the day at the end. So. Well, this is the thing, isn't it? you know, this is the great empowerment of the female in the stories, isn't it? It's like, you know, when you look at a lot of these great films from the 80s, it's the it's the females that actually are the strong and, and yeah the heroes of the time. It's like big trouble in little China, you know, Jack's a complete dick. You can't <laughs> do anything. You've got one trick he can do. Bumbles his way through the entire film and if you watch it, you know, it's 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 not him that saves the day. <laughs> it's it's the females. Well, that was kind of the thing in the eighties though, wasn't it? You wouldn't get it now. You wouldn't get a Vin no. Diesel or The Rock being like that. That's why when they wanted to remake Big Trouble in Little China with The Rock, I was like, it wouldn't no. work. Because it's like Indiana, Indiana Jones, like probably one of the most iconic heroes from the 80s. But he's yeah. mostly bumbling his way through shit. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the beauty of it, isn't it? That's that thing about... But that know, seemed it, to be the charm of the 80s hero, didn't it? Like I yeah. say, you wouldn't get it now because Vin Diesel will have it in his contract. Though. He's got to be like, you know, well, he very much has in the Fast and Furious things. It's like, I can't get fucking knocked out. I can't get beaten. Yeah. I've got to be the cool, badass motherfucker. It's like, and that's fair enough. But at the same time, it's not at all relatable. Yeah. It's just bollocks, isn't it? And, and it makes them less, like you say, it makes them less relatable as a human as well. You know, it's, it's, it's like, oh, come on, you know. And then uh, just going back to the group, the final edition that, that you know, is allowed in eventually is uh, Ryan, you know, he's the, yeah. the heartthrob stroke tough kid. You know, who kind of looks the, like he's just rolled off of the set of grease. Yeah, smoking and just 
being cool and you know giving a bit of chat to the ladies and oh what what a lineup what a, what a group <laughs> honestly it's just brilliant isn't it and um, he's awesome with a bow and arrow so you know he is awesome with a bow and arrow yeah and he's not afraid to stick a wooden stake into somebody walking towards him either which is quite handy or kill the wolf man well that's it isn't it i you do know? love that with the wolf man where he's just like thanks and then die <laughs> When we were watching it, the bit that made H really laugh was the bit where he's in he's, he's in the woodwork room and he's making snakes. You know, he pretends he's doing like a bird box or some shit, and then he's then he's melting down some silver and he's making bullets, and it's like fuck it, and it's so absurd. Like that's but, something again that wouldn't play now with the amount no, of school shootings but, we've had. You know, how many times did we grow up with like you know stuff like the A team where you know they'd be locked in a garage with like two bits of wood and a bit of papier mache and they come out of tank and like the fuck is it? you know but you just accepted it because you know what that's what happens in films isn't it you know kids can make silver bullets in i i blame class. movies like this for why most of my woodwork and design technology <laughs> projects were shut down by the teacher <laughs> you're making wooden sticks and silver bullets <laughs> making like fucking batman gauntlets and shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> it's like well this is very nice but how are you actually going to do it so i don't know you're the fucking teacher <laughs> <laughs> oh genius genius well there's so many good scenes in it. it's so 80s it couldn't it couldn't look feel or sound from any other like era it just couldn't you no, know what I mean? it. just in the best way. oh god yeah Absolutely. The score's superb as well because it's got those really nice Universal monster throwbacks. Yeah. But also having that, con- you know, contemporary for the time '80s sound, which yeah. now again just fills you with that <laughs> '80s nostalgia. <laughs> was that? Is it Bruce Broughton? I know it's Broughton. Yeah, I always thought it was the guy from Tron. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, you see two similar names as somebody of a certain age. Ah, oh, he's fucking stepping out. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, it's a great, it's a great score. He, he catches again. He gets that real homage to the Universal monsters and that. And it, and again, the, even when the the comedy bits are going, there's no kind of comedy music. It's all very, very dark and you know to keep that undertone of like this, this, this is some serious shit going on. You know what I mean? It's like it's gonna go down. It's gonna go down, as the kids would say. You know? Well, they might say, I don't know. No idea. <laughs> But uh, if they don't, they should. But uh, but yeah, absolutely brilliant. I mean, everything about it is just great. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just great. It's fucking. It's it's one of those films that it's a bit like Big Trouble in Little China. I love that film. Yeah. I can adore that film, and it's a stupid, stupid film. Oh you know yeah, one hundred percent. If you go to watching something like this or Big Trouble and you think, all oh, right, I'm gonna, you know, I'm gonna, I'm gonna consider the plot and and. <laughs> Yes, fuck it. Don't bother. Honestly, no. don't bother. Take your brain out and put it in a jar, open a beer, and just watch it. Because you mean, will have a ride of your life. It's superb. In the best possible way, this and Big Trouble are two of those films that you love it when it's on, but like a week or so after, you start struggling to remember bits of it. Yeah. Which, one, makes you go back to it again and fucking love it all over again. And two, it's just perfect for when you're watching it. Yeah. Because you don't necessarily with these things want a film that's going to stick with you, do you? No. <laughs> you you want I a popcorn. Mean, this is a popcorn movie in the truest sense of the word. 
Yeah, and to be honest, with most films, do you want something that's going to stick with you? Do you know what I mean? It's like, I don't know. I, I, I have certain films I, I absolutely love, you know, and I love for different reasons. And, and some of them I love because they're disposable. Yeah. Because you can just, like you say, that short-term sort of memory just doesn't retain any of it. And then it doesn't go into the long-term memory. So every time you watch it, you go, oh, I forgot about that. I forgot about that. Yeah. Oh, I forgot about that. Which is, and that's, that's what I get with, um, you know, with Big Trouble. I get with this. I get with, uh, I even get it with great films like, you know, Superman the movie and stuff like yeah. that. Where there's certain bits of it that I just completely forget. And I sit there going, God, I forgot about all this. Yeah. You know, I'll tell you another one. The Thing. What's The Thing yeah. the other night? I, I, Tim Carpenter again. And, I always forget about the opening scene with the spaceship that, you know, and the way that they replicated the original The Thing kind of title when it burns through the... It's like yeah. they did through burning through a bin bag, didn't they, I believe? But you just you forget and you just keep watching, oh, I forgot about that, oh, I forgot about that. And I love that in a film. It just, I don't know, kind of keeps it fresh. Yeah, um, I mean, there's nothing worse than watching a movie and being kind of like, oh, yeah, I've got to get, get through this bit to get to that bit. And then it's like... It's yeah. so much better to get jump into it and be like, oh, I forgot how good this bit is, or I've completely forgotten this bit was even in the film. Or... <laughs> yeah. Where you going, Rudy? I'm in the goddamn club, aren't I? Basically, we've got the Monster Squad, um, and you have this plot device, don't you, where <laughs> essentially his mum just happens to, in a yard sale, pick up this book, which is a diary by Abraham Van Helsing. Yeah. You know? But it's I, didn't know, I didn't know Van Helsing's first name is Abraham, to be honest. That was, you know, was a was a surprise to me. <laughs> but there's a plot twist, isn't there? Because it's all in German. Yeah. Oh. Do you know what I mean? How rubbish. It. It's not like I believe Dan keeps buying comics, and when they land, they're in like you know yeah. French or <laughs> Spanish or something. He's like, oh, so he yeah. has to go and find the local scary French guy. <laughs> So, so I was watching this with H and they said something. I said, oh, they, they're, they're going to go see the scary German guy now. And then she, after she went, Jimmy's built as the scary German guy. Like, yeah. I don't think you ever get his name, do you? I think no. they give him his surname once. But I do love his, uh, where it cuts back to it and he's got the knife and you assume something sinister is about to happen. It's like, your time is yeah. almost up. So yeah. Your last chance to get a piece of pie. Yeah. Which Horace has, obviously. <laughs> Well, you does. would. That pie looked fucking great. It did look, it did look good, to be fair. I'd have been so easy to kidnap as a kid, because if you've got a pie who looks like that, I'll fucking eat it. <laughs> to be fair, I still would. <laughs> it's like when Marty's out, you know, because he keeps getting stopped now, because people want to give him biscuits when we're out on a walk. And, um, you know, because he has anxiety issues, because he's yeah. a rescue dog. But he'll do anything for a biscuit. And I, and I kind of said the other day, said, to be fair, who wouldn't? Yeah. <laughs> I, I still would. <laughs> oh, so yeah, bit of pie and that's it, isn't it, mate? It's game over, isn't it? But yeah, that's something we've of now, though, is scary German guy. Because he'd be a pedo now, wouldn't he? <laughs> oh yeah, he'd be, he'd be banged up. He'd be completely innocent, probably. But you know, but yeah, you'd have one someone to be protesting that house, something. Yeah, that's it. <laughs> yeah, <right. laughs> No, one of the a pediatrician. It's like, oh right, sorry, man. Burned his house that's, down now. That was that thing that generally happened. On yes. <laughs> that whole Ricky Gervais thing about what they're putting signs up now. Are they? I know. <laughs> Kitty fiddler since 1974. It's, it's, 
it's sad, isn't it? It's sad. <laughs> but anyway, the, the great MacGuffin, which is the amulet, um, you know, there's this, there's this amulet that apparently keeps the balance between light and dark. That's and um, every hundred years, the, the, the light and the dark, the evil and the good, is is in balance, which means it becomes susceptible to to being shattered, and then the rest of the time it's it's unbreakable, and it just happens, doesn't it, that the hundred years is the day after he's reading this this to the guys, he's translating it, and it's like holy shit, it's gonna happen tomorrow, isn't it? <gasps> Who'd have thought it? You know what I mean? It's you can't be an eighties plot convenience. No. The perfectly timed MacGuffin. I do like that Dracula like blew it out so left it in the hole but didn't actually ever take it and do anything with it <laughs> no i just wanted to look at it didn't he just just left it for sean to find yeah yeah right. it's weird that i don't think yeah you're right actually never thought of that i've always thought is there something i've missed like a reason why dracula can't touch it or something it's like no there doesn't seem to be <laughs> no because it was in his castle originally wasn't it yeah so uh, yeah which makes you then wonder why didn't he destroy it the first time round? That's it. Well, anyway, we're going, into, we're going into America. Yeah, well, I like how the Van Helsing's all like pack up and move to the US of A. It's like, but, uh, yeah. but it doesn't matter because it leads to the awesome scene where they go into the house. I love when they're staking it outside and Frank's out there with them. It's like you've got a fucking Frankenstein's monster hanging around with you <laughs> in the treehouse. <laughs> Oh, I see love when they all put their hands in and the dog four goes in and then Ryan goes, where does that dog get up here anyway? <laughs> I know. It's because Pete. Pete can get anywhere. You know what I mean? Like Pete's, Pete's amazing. He's, he's the star of the show is Pete. Marty was most enamoured with Pete. He thought he was a great actor. And uh, he wanted to know what was his, his biscuit, you know, kind of count. His rider. What's his feeling on buns? Yeah. I'm like, don't don't get any ideas. <laughs> no, you're not going in the movies. <laughs> no, change him. Oh dear. Once he's got a no- his nose in them Hollywood bins, we'll oh, be God. able to keep up with the habit. Yeah, that'd be some quality bin stonk, wouldn't it? <laughs> but but there's um well I dread to think what he might sniff out those bins actually. Uh, yeah. But so that that's basically the plot, isn't it? There's a there's an amulet that's that's the great kind of you know plot device, the MacGuffin that. Dracula's after the. What's you know, it? Was Sean Dracula meant to end up there? Because it sort of seems like he drops out of the plane because that's where Frankenstein's body dropped. Because mid-flight, the pilots we were talking about earlier are flying yeah. the bodies because they have that whole thing about at least the dead guys don't complete don't complain. Um, yeah, and then the guy opens the cargo hatch on the bottom and Frankenstein's thing falls out and Dracula just floats there and then turns into a bat. Yeah. So was he heading there anyway? Or? I think so. I think that's what the answer to... is. So. Yeah. Well, you know, I mean, it's it's just coincidence, isn't it? I mean, don't think, don't overthink it, mate. But you then all the, all the monsters get together at the swamp, and yeah, you've got that great. I do love, um, just quickly on Dracula, uh, Duncan Regier. How good is he? Oh, he's brilliant. I think I only knew him as Zorro from the '90s Zorro TV series. It used to be on ITV on a Saturday afternoon. When I was a kid, I loved that. I watched a couple of episodes on YouTube today because it's back in my head. I think his portrayal of Dracula is brilliant. Oh, he's Absolutely definitely one brilliant. of the best. And he should always be somewhere high up when they do those best TV on-screen Dracula lists. Yeah. But he's, he's superb. What, I love I'll... his relationship with Frankenstein as well. He just keeps yeah. referring to him as my old friend. Yeah. And um, I, I like the fact that 
you see him, the initial shot of Dracula is where he's a bat, he's hanging upside down. Yeah. This, this kind of grotesque 80s, he's a very 80s bat, isn't it? Again, you know, with the with the dripping kind of slime and it's just great. And then his hand, he starts to transform and this hairy arm and hand appears. Yeah. And then he drops to the floor, fully dressed. Yes. <laughs> Fucking hell. That's all right, isn't it? <laughs> Good day with a bit of that in the morning when, you, when you're running late, you know. <laughs> well, according to that Monster Squad Forever documentary, it was Liam Neeson was originally cast. I believe so, yeah. And this guy was blew cast, away, didn't paid he? for it, and then couldn't do it for some reason. Well, I, I read a thing saying that um, they had basically Nielsen had the job nailed, but then this guy came in and uh, auditioned, and they were like, "Fucking hell," you know. He's yeah, because I'd read somewhere else that they gave Neeson another part, and then mm-hmm. for whatever reason it was cut, but he still got the money for it, which I think yeah. is. The, Bob Hoskins' untouchable thing of you know, anytime you want to pay me X amount of money to not be in your film, sign me yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Roman. <laughs> you got any more films you don't want me to do? <laughs> yeah, great, that. <laughs> oh, brilliant. But no, he is a, he is really good as Dracula. Really good. Yes. And like I say, I knew him as Zorro. Right. When I went back to watch Monster Squad again, I was like, I know that fucking guy. Where do I know him from? But obviously, he's pale, and not mustachioed in Monster Squad. So. Yeah, but he's so good. He's got that sinister charm down. I yeah. love the way he picks Phoebe up. Yeah, I mean it's it's quite jarring to see you know a grown man call a small child a bitch. <laughs> yeah. Give me the amulet, you bitch. It was. Um, I read somewhere that that was done in one take. Yeah, because um, he didn't want to. He wouldn't wear the fangs or the contacts apparently because he didn't want to scare her. But then they sort of did it, and that yeah. one take, her scream is a genuine scream. Yeah, and um, um, and I've think... seen him interviewed, and he seems to be like the nicest guy. Because <laughs> I know Tom Noonan only stayed as Frank. Yeah, because he says in the documentary, he's like, I think it pissed most people off. He was like, that was my process. Because I think um, uh, Duncan Regio was like, who is this fucking asshole who will only talk to me like he's Frankenstein's monster? <laughs> and he was like, he was like, Phoebe's lovely, I've met her since. But, you know, as a kid, she was a five-year-old, so it was a pain in the ass. Yeah. Yeah. No, it's it's, it's brilliant. I mean, again, just little things in it that you think... It's, it's inventive as well, you know, where... Um, the bit where in the house and they've just you know uh, sean's got the amulet and dracula's trying to get the amulet off him and horace again yeah you know i think probably next to pete the hero of the piece you know much yes. maligned horace he saves the day by rubbing a bit of garlic pizza in yeah Dracula's face. i mean you know what i mean firstly well done that kid for carrying around a bit of garlic pizza in a bit of tinfoil that's that's planning ahead now mind your wooden steaks and holy water because doubles up, doesn't it? You Where know? was that in the montage of him making garlic pizza? Oh, <laughs> That's no. what I wanted as well. It's like silver bullets, garlic pizza. <laughs> 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 oh, 
<laughs> probably forgot it was there, to be fair to Probably. <laughs> I'd like to see them go through, like, opening different foils and go, oh, that's a Veggie Supreme. <laughs> Sausage go, rolls. Ah, oh, shit. It's like, no, hang on, what's this one? No, it's double pepperoni. I won't do it with it. You know what I mean? I suppose the only thing you could have done was a Hawaiian, you know, that's it, just know, rub the with a bit of on pineapple on it. You'd have just gone, fucking hell, what's going on here? You lunatic. I doubt the shit I got for putting pineapple on my food the other day. Hey, that looked good, that. I'm not yeah. having that. I'm, I'm, I saw that. that. I saw that. I nearly jumped on. I was like, "Hey, off!" You know what I mean? <laughs> that looks like a decent meal, that. But I didn't because I was trying to be polite. Plus, I don't know these people. Nah, so. it's fine. I don't. I'm I not only one for sharing my food, but I thought I'm eating healthy. I'm going to show it off. Yeah. <laughs> And I've also put pineapple on it, so I know I'm going to antagonise a certain... <laughs> it did make me think, though, about, you know, the other day when apparently, was it Facebook was down or some shit? Yeah. I didn't even, we didn't even know. That's how popular we are. You know what I mean? And um, that's what I mean the day after going, I fucking hope Facebook doesn't go down again. I don't want to go knocking on my neighbours and showing them what I'm from here tea again. I only noticed that had gone down because I was trying to post. There was a really cool little documentary about the kid that was the guy who was almost cast as Anakin Skywalker in Phantom Menace. Oh yeah, yeah. Like talk about how disappointed he was at the time and how he quit acting because of it. But now he kind of sees it as a blessing that he didn't get it because he saw the shit Jake Lloyd took unfairly and everything. But I was just trying to post that and it wouldn't go. And I was like, oh, I think Facebook's down. I was like, cracking. Yeah. It's the best six hours of my life. Yeah. I didn't have to worry about anything. No, no. Didn't get annoyed at. You know, it's like a great thing in a bit. Oh, there's an app that tells you who you know is racist. <laughs> it's called Facebook. <laughs> or Twitter. Fair enough. Same thing. <laughs> you know what I mean? Anyway, we're digressing again. So <laughs> back to the podcast. So <laughs> they've got the amulet now, and then there's there's a great chase scene where you know they they know that they have to do this incantation and this spell because it'll open a portal. They, they think they found a virgin. They think they found a virgin. Which is a, it's a great, great little plot device, that, isn't it? It's brilliant. Um, and again, you know, you've got to say, Lisa Fuller, um, she's great, isn't she? She's, she? As a 14, 15 year old kid, that's what you want in a film. Yeah. You know what I mean? Bit of well, yeah, you even get the, too, that's what I was about to say, you get the obligatory peep, peering through a window when she's changing yeah, shot. Nothing too rum, but, you know, a bit of frillies. It's not full-on Gregory's Girl or Animal yeah. House, but enough to bit, satisfy a 14-year-old. Yeah, a bit, bit of frilly. That'll, that'll put you on for 20 seconds. Do you know what I mean? <laughs> <laughs> I'll be back in five. <laughs> but... Um, <laughs> Well, she's great in it as well. Again, I love her whole thing about you know. Really good, you know, because whoever it was doesn't count. It's like crazy, you know. Superb, isn't it? You're not a virgin, are you? No, no. What do you mean, no? Well, Steve, but he doesn't count. Doesn't count. Superb. It's that sort of eighties teenage girl mentality, isn't it? Yeah. Which again is probably problematic now, but. Well, of course, yeah. So they have to, they have to kind of. They have to read this this kind of um, passage from this this diary, which opens a portal with the amulet, and then it will basically it's like a portal to limbo, and it'll take all the the evil into the other world. Although it takes a few cops, I noticed, and Gallagher <laughs> as well. So <laughs> it maybe takes it takes all of Van Helsing's posse at the beginning. Yeah, maybe they were all Longans though. We don't know, do we? You know, it, it's like it could have all been like. 
really iffy, you know. And to be fair, like, Dracula's a yeah, yeah. cops. Yeah, well. By snapping, I like how he starts off just like knocking him out, and then as it goes on by the third, yeah. it's like snap, snap, snapping the snap. neck, snapping the arm. Yeah, it's like, but it is great, and it it, it kind of comes to there's there's a great scene where um, Dracula, as we mentioned, it, you know, it, it's Phoebe's reading the uh, the passage. Well, she's been told by scary German guy what to say yeah. because obviously she can't read. She's only five. And she can't read German because she's not German. So he's telling and she's repeating it all. And then they get to the, like near the end of it. And then Dracula kind of, you know, as you say, takes out half the police department, you know, with a bit of uh, Dracula foo, as it were. And he lifts her up with one hand. And it's quite a frightening scene, that. It's quite, it, it, you know, because you think it makes you quite uncomfortable. There's a little yeah. kid. And he's holding up with one hand under the throat. And, and you're like, oh, that's, that's a bit rum, isn't it? And, uh, so he picks her up and sort of because it's his hands backwards, isn't it? So yeah. He picks her up like that as well. It's not like under he's grabbed chin. by the neck, but yeah, he's yeah. under the chin, kind of, a bit like how you sort of like you know certain old ladies used to do the chub and grab you by the chin, squeeze your yeah. cheeks kind of thing, isn't it? It's yeah. a weird well, sign of affection kind of thing. Yeah, did <laughs> just quickly going back how cool is the bit where Dracula's car just drives through the police car oh, well, when I'm he's on the way to blow up the treehouse. But, how cool is that car though for I, I mean the bit going through the police car is great but just the car you know with a skull kind of um, bonnet ornament and sorry hood ornament and, and, and a boot full of dynamite fucking hell yeah <laughs> big black hearse isn't it you know what I mean uh, I'd be just, livid if you blew up my tree house though I tell you what I'm not being funny right but that that was the most upsetting bit of the whole film <laughs> That, and then he kills his dad's partner. It's like, fucking yeah. hell. It's like, talk about keep me in the boat, both bollocks. Yeah. <laughs> both no. nards, to be right. fair, though, you know, he can get another partner, can't he? But He's yeah. not going to build a treehouse like that. You know what I mean? No, that's, that's, like, that's, that's a tragedy. No, sure, I'm not building another one. You know, so good, that film. So good. That, oh. But yeah, so he, he kind of Dracula in, in his great Dracula mobile, whatever you want to call it, you know. It always made me laugh that Dracula was driving a car. Well, yeah, he's kind of like, why is he driving the car? It's like, <laughs> he, he turns into a bat and fucks off when he wants to. But yeah, he'll drive a car as well. It's a bit like yeah. when you used to be able to buy toys of like Superman and he'd have a spaceship. It's like, but the dude can yeah. fucking fly. <laughs> Where's he got a plane? <laughs> or Spider-Man would have a sports car. It's like, <laughs> have you read the comics? <laughs> <laughs> it's like when you see, it, it's always when you see panels, don't you? Out of context panels. And it's like Batman. <laughs> You know, flying the bat plane, and he's got like Superman and Wonder Woman behind the green lantern or something. You know, what the fuck? What are they in a fucking plane for? It's like, what's the point? Like, like, you can just imagine, couldn't you? Like Superman and Wonder Woman go, just get in the fucking plane, Clark. For fuck, just shut up, just get the plane. It's like, you know what he's like? Moody bastard, Bruce, isn't he? Just get in. Don't say anything. You feel inadequate all the time. Just oh, he's probably just sat there like with his arms crossed, did he? Going, Pretend you pulled back. your flying leg or something. Yeah. <laughs> like, can you put your seatbelts on, please? <laughs> oh, fuck off, Bruce. <laughs> Man of steel here. <laughs> Not taken off until your seatbelt was on. Yeah. <laughs> like some peanuts. <laughs> and has everybody been to the loo? <laughs> yeah. How's your ring? How's your? <laughs> 
god. But yeah, so Dracula's car did make me laugh again when I watched it. I thought, why? First thought, why's he fucking driving a car? Although then I thought, what a cool car that is. Yeah. And again, as a kid of that age, I'd have fucking, I'd have given a fucking nut for a car like that. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? My first car was a shitty Itel. It was like, (laughs) it was shitty brown colour as well. And, uh, oh, it's dreadful. But yeah, so didn't have a didn't have a, a Dracula mobile, unfortunately. But that's cool. That's cool. So we're in the climactic bit of the film now, because this does move at a pace. This film, doesn't it? I mean, it get the whole amulet finding to end sequence is about twenty five minutes. Yeah. It fucking barrels. It's pretty much set over two nights, isn't it? Oh, it's great. It's great. And um, so he's got Phoebe. He's got her held up, and she's scared obviously and he's you know he's, he's full drag at this point isn't he with the eyes and the fangs and he's a bit pissed off you know <laughs> he's running out of cops to kill it, it does that great line which i always forget how horrible the line is screaming this line to a little five-year-old kid which is you know give me the amulet you bitch and you're thinking four it's a bit you know what i mean it's a bit evil yeah. huh? it's a bit much sorrow come on yeah but it's great. It it does. It, and even when when I, when I watch it again, it uh, it takes me back a little bit, you know, because you, you kind of think shit, you know, that's that's actually quite quite hardcore, really. For, yeah. for what was this? As we mentioned earlier on, this film that straddled, you know, being for kids, a kids horror film and an adults kind of you know action horror film and. And it, even in that middle ground, it still is a little bit jarring. You think, fucking hell, you know, that's a bit, a bit full on, but it's great, it's great. And then, uh, yeah. Well, I mean, we've, we've skimmed funny. over the uh, awesome scene with the mummy as well. Oh, the, the mummy. The back of the, the Jesus. Yeah, I don't really want to spoil that for people, though, because that's no. so good visually and cleverly done, you know. Um, think T one thousand Terminator two, but with bandages. <laughs> it's brilliant though, isn't it? What it's a great superb. conceit, you know? Because you think, you know, first of all, kind of like it's why sort of taking that Scooby Doo gag kind of thing, isn't yeah. it? They're just wrapping a thread and pulling and then spinning around. But. And again, just to point out here, when you watch it next time, notice who grabs the bandage first, please. <laughs> That's Pete the dog, if you don't mind. <laughs> He grabs the bandage and he passes it back to uh, Ryan, who then does what he does. So, Pete the dog, a bit like R2-D2, you know what I mean? Everyone just thinks, ah, oh, he's just, just fucking around, it's just there. No. Nope. Nope. Unsung hero. Tell you, Pete the dog saves the day. Again. So, uh, that's 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 great. But yeah, that scene with the mummy. I, I love, I think I mentioned before, I love the mummy. I love the, yeah. the, the look of it. I think it's one of the best kind of mummy interpretations I've seen, actually. Even even compared to like the Mummy, which you know I enjoyed the um, the Brendan Fraser kind of mummy film. I thought that was great fun. You know, I, I really did enjoy it. I but did. I this think this interpretation though. of the Mummy is better than that. Yeah. Yeah. I a couple of Inktober's ago, I went off piece and I did um, a different Monster Squad character a day, and I loved drawing the Mummy. Yeah. Not easy, and I probably did a shit job. <laughs> no. I just love drawing him. It's such fun to draw. Yeah, yeah. Great design. He looks proper dirty as well. Not in that sort of... Oh, I. Yeah. 
<laughs> he looks like a right filthy bastard. Yeah. <laughs> like a fibula, he just wants to see me. <laughs> but no, he's he's got that proper grot and yeah, you know, does. like if you tap him, <laughs> dust will come off him kind of thing. It really does, doesn't it? That's the beautiful thing with this yeah. scene is that like, it. it it's, well, yeah, because when he goes out of Eugene's window, he just leaves like a yeah. little bit of a trail of dust. Yeah, it's so well done. So yeah. well done. But yeah, that is a great scene. That is a great scene. And I think the only disappointing kill, really, although it, it isn't, it isn't, is I'm not... I always think the way that the Gill Man gets off is a bit... Yeah. I love the, the idea of it, and I love the fact that Horace becomes a hero, you know, and just, oh, fucking hell, you know. But it just seems a bit simple. It's a bit like yeah, a it feels a bit throwaway. It feels a bit like the three brides of Dracula, who I always misread in the credits as panty girls. Yeah, <laughs> it's not as pantry girls. Because <laughs> I was like, they're not even in panties. They're in nighties. What's going on? Yeah, like, does that mean something empty. different in the eighties in America? To be fair, mate, you couldn't have handled those three in panties, could you? Wow. you know what I mean, bad enough for Lisa Fuller. <laughs> but um, yeah. But, yeah. And it is, it is weird that that because you only see two of them off. The other one just happens. Do. <laughs> That's true. Don't know what happens to the third one. Well, I imagine she got like pulled. Yeah, I imagine it was an it was an off screen job. I suppose you know once you've seen you killed them two different ways yeah. with a bow and arrow. It's, oh, <laughs> there is apparently um, fourteen minutes of extra footage in there somewhere that they cut out. Yeah. So who knows? Could be could be in there. I suppose. But yeah. So anyway, they opened up. They, they managed to. Um, Frank reappears, Frankenstein, and saves Bogus. Phoebe from. Sorry. Bogus. Oh, sorry. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. Saves saves uh you know Phoebe from from Dracula, um, and then obviously they finish the reading and the portal opens and then everybody starts getting like that that other typical eighties thing of the black hole portal where people yeah. start getting dragged in and you know, cars and benches. And, and this is where, again, some of the effects get a bit iffy. But it's, do you know what? It's like, it's, what, 34 years old now, this yeah. film? You know? It's like, it's still better than some of the shit you see, isn't it? Yeah. Even modern. I'd, I'd, I'd rather watch that kind of visual effects than some of the modern CGI shit that you get. It's just I think it holds horrible. up really well. Like I say, yeah. it sort of adds to the charm of the film and that almost updating 30s feel of it as well yeah and there's um, some great scenes as well in the effects so where there's there's a particular scene bit early on where the wolfman gets blown up by dynamite yeah and then his body parts pull themselves together again <laughs> that's, that's brilliant absolutely brilliant you know so anyway portals open things start flying in um you get the old uh you know, the second bite of the cherry, if you pardon the pun, by Dracula, who decides that he's going to take Sean with him, because yeah. little fuckers ruined everything. <laughs> so he grabs him, and he's dragging Sean off, and Sean just happens to, to grab a, a bit of a wooden pole and off Dracula. Stakes the fucker. <laughs> yeah. And he's Dracula's going up to this port, this kind of swirling portal, and who comes out the portal? Cute Jackman. No. <laughs> Give me another oh, guess. The other Van Helsing. <laughs> That's it. <laughs> Dennis, his brother. <laughs> it would have Van been better if it was that little girl. Yeah. Like, grabs, grabs Dracula. <laughs> and before dragging him off into limbo, 
he gives a thumbs up to to Sean, and then Sean gives him a thumbs up. And I tell you, what, I, I love that bit. I love the thumbs up. That's like yeah. the whole validation for Sean, isn't it? That you know, yeah. he's got the approval of his hero kind of thing. Yeah. The ultimate oh, monster squad hunter. It's great. And then then we get to like the really sad bit because, you know, it, you can't Frankenstein hanging around, can you? No, that was always the thing I wondered. Is like, does Frank have to go because he's technically evil? It kind of does. Though, could he have it? stayed? <laughs> yeah, bit bit orcs though, wouldn't it? Yeah, you know. I mean, once the military turned up, he'd be getting experimented on. Yeah, so there's a bit of a weepy scene, really, as 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 we turned earlier, quite probably wrongly, you know, Frankenstein gets sucked off into the portal. <laughs> what a way to go. <laughs> You know what I mean? But in true generation game style, he wins the cuddly toy. He does. He gets the. That's the. That's the bit that's upsetting though, isn't it? Because yeah. he's like, he's like, just like a big dumb child, isn't he really? And as Frankenstein, you know, should be. Yeah. Know, everything's gone on, but it's quite a sad scene. You know, he, he off he goes, and there we go. And then the army turn up too late, as usual. You know, because um, again, Pete the dog has delivered the message to the army that little Eugene wrote earlier on to say, dear army, please come to our town. We have monsters. <laughs> and they do. Because they would turn up on a yeah. like, like that. You know what I mean? I think we should well, try that, Stuart. You're, you're a, you know, you work in the uh, communications industry. I think you should <laughs> deliver a handwritten letter. Get one of your kids to write a letter to the army. <laughs> Saying that where you live has got monsters and just see how long it takes them to turn up. Well, yeah, I mean, <clears throat> yeah. <laughs> Probably I, mean, I love the way the guy is dead serious as well. Where are the monsters then? Where are the Sam Hill are the monsters? What a great line. Sam it, again, no small parts. Guy rocks up at the end and fucking nails that part. <laughs> yeah. Where are the Sam Hill are the monsters? Which is again another great eighties thing. Nobody says Sam Hill anymore, do they? Yeah. And uh, and and of course one of the great endings of any film, in my humble opinion, Sean, who we see earlier making on you know, making some little cards, whips out a card, gives it to the army guy, and it says we're the monster squad. It's Fuck. the ultimate roll credits delivery. You know, there's that theory of once they say the title of the film in the film, that's when you roll the credits. Wow. It's the ultimate delivery of that. Isn't it? It's, it's like it's, the epitome of that theory. It's very much like roll credits. It's just top, isn't it? <laughs> and then you top. go into that awesome 80s song. <laughs> yeah. It's like the monster rap or something. Yeah. Like, oh, <laughs> it's bad, to be fair. That's, yeah. H did at that point, H did turn around to me and go, Soundtrack's a bit shit, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the score's great. They, the score's they great. Have, it, they obviously ran out of money for any decent 80s tunes. Yeah, they probably I mean, it's, allowed. Just, it's fine in that 80s sort of way. I don't think it's one you'd listen to out of the context of the film, though. No. <laughs> it's not your Ghostbusters soundtrack. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> oh, dear me. But if you've never seen this film, honestly, you do yourself a favour. Yeah, I mean, like we say, you can rent it on Amazon for like three fifty. It's not stupidly expensive, or it's not too hard to track down it on <laughs> Blu-ray or DVD. You might just have to buy the Spanish disc and change it to English. Yeah, it's got to be worth it though, on it if you've never seen it, especially if you've got like I suppose teenage kids who might like monster stuff and that. You know what I mean? Because 
Yeah, I I've got teenage kids, so I might be wrong. Could <laughs> be like, no, 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 thanks, Granddad. It's like, okay. <laughs> it's a great way to introduce them to Universal monsters as well, because it's not quite that whole sudden shock thing of being like, we're going to watch this old black and white film called The Creature from the Black Lagoon. Yeah, but really, which is I a beautiful love, film. But I love that. Incredibly film. slow, isn't it? You know, yeah. that's the point. It builds, doesn't it? You know, builds the tension. Um, whereas Gilman just fucking hell. He's not on screen a lot, but when he's on, he's top, isn't he? Well, that's the thing. The, other than Dracula and Frankenstein, the mon- and the, probably the Wolfman, the <laughs> Mummy and um, Gilman are rarely used. I'm guessing because they probably had the most cumbersome costumes. Well, the, the Gilman, apparently, they had to... Um, they glued him in yeah. to the costume every time they did it. Um, and he, he couldn't get out of it for, like, 12 hours a day when they were shooting. So they probably did use him sparingly, to be fair. That's why he's always stood in water. So That's why he's always angry as well. You see where I'm like, ah, I need a piss. <laughs> Hurry up. <laughs> it had to be like, why have you glued me into the whole fucking thing? From the waist down, I'm in water. <laughs> you bastards. <laughs> it's a great suit, that Gilman, though. So, I love the you know, Gilman to my Twinkie. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. Nobody believes him again. <laughs> Mummy Poor came you. in my house. Poor Eugene. You know what I mean? So, yeah. Uh, it's not that poor. Dude's probably in his 40s now. So. Yeah, I wonder what, I, what Michael, Michael Faustino, wasn't it? Yeah. Eugene. He went on to do some stuff, didn't he? I think so, yeah. So. Blank check. No, he didn't do a lot, I don't think. Oh, he's in Married with Children. Well, I mean, it wasn't. To be fair, yeah. Alien Nation, didn't that? Mm. Yeah, he did quite he's, a bit. He's got no recent photo on IMDb, but... Yeah. But yeah. So, Fantastic stuff. Obviously, this film massively underperformed, so it didn't get a sequel. They tried to do a remake in 2008, but thankfully that never happened. Oh, yeah, it's didn't it fall into be... Michael Bay territory for a while? Yeah, it was Rocco oh. in the director of Fast and Furious had brought it. Good luck. I think he man. took it to Platinum Dunes. You know, we're on top form with their Texas Chainsaw Massacre remake and Amateur mm. Horror remake and just mm. nailing it. Mm. Um, I mean, I think the only way you could remake it is if you did take it to Universal and actually got the proper Universal monsters. But even now, the time's passed. Yeah. Yeah. And I don't think you could make it now because I think putting together like a super team of monsters ain't going to work. Well, no, yeah. it's what they tried to do with the Tom Cruise mummy, which... Well, that ended well, didn't it? Yeah, you know, that I mean, I quite enjoyed universe. that film. I got into that film with such low expectations by the time I got to see it that I was like, actually, I quite enjoyed it. It's not the yeah. Brendan Fraser mummy, but it's fine. <laughs> I think I watched about 20 minutes of it and thought, I can't be doing with this. It's, it's all right. It's just not mm. a mummy film. No. but say, it's, that... it's perfectly fine to watch on telly. It's not... Yeah, the idea of that, that universe, I thought it was great. I thought, oh, this, sounds, this sounds top, you know. Wasn't it like Benicio uh, Del Toro and people are like going to be in it? As, yeah, they were going to do um, Invisible Man with Johnny yeah. Depp. And, um, but, but, Jekyll and Hyde with Russell and Crowe, because with Russell and Crowe? Russell Crowe. Russell, yeah. Because he's in the moment, isn't he? Because he says the uh, a brand new world of gods and monsters. Yeah. <laughs> But, and I quite like that in that Tom Cruise mummy film, there is the book from the Brendan Fraser mummy film kind of bringing that in as well. So like, oh, that's a nice little touch. Good, good touch. But it's, it's uh, just a shame it was a wanky film. 
like I say, I totally enjoyed it, but it was wank. Yeah. But I quite enjoy bad movies sometimes. Sometimes the more somebody tells me a film's shit, the more I'm likely to enjoy it. Oh, mate. Oh, yeah. Suicide Squad. Piece of Strangler. <laughs> Absolutely adore that film. Yeah. Uh, I've only ever found one other person that liked it. Well, two if you count John Waters, but... Yeah. Yeah, you know, yeah it just... That's really, one of those films that looks like it and made me feel sick. Oh, we should do that. We should I mean, the it. name we'll makes me feel fucking queasy. It's like Greasy Strangler. So, yeah. But, yeah. But yeah, so um, yeah, they tried to do a remake and obviously it, it fell apart and it Great. didn't perform well enough to get a sequel. But do you think it should have had a sequel? No. I think you could, I'll be honest, you could do a sequel now with them now. Um, I think that'd be interesting. Yeah. But... I don't think it needs a sequel because it's perfectly formed. It's an hour and 20 minutes of like a great story. And yeah. I don't know how you could, I don't know what you could do because again, you'd have to invoke the whole portal thing or, you know, because there's no way they're going to come back. Otherwise it well, just yeah, you'd need different monsters. If you were, yeah, it just wouldn't have worked would it. Cause the whole point was that, you know, it's a love letter to the universal monsters. And if they're not in it, what is it then? You know, what... the problem you got as well is if you don't do it quick enough, those kids have aged out. Yeah. Do you have like Eugene takes the lead and because mm. he'd have aged up to the right sort of age, so it's Eugene and Phoebe and a whole new group of kids, and the original kids are sort of on the periphery. Yeah. Yeah. I, I mean, you know, like I said, yeah, I'm thinking, I'm trying to sort of think it about films that I love, and I'm just thinking about the Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters Afterlife and what they're doing with that and the way that they're approaching that. And you think, that, that's interesting. I find that yeah. concept interesting. But, again, probably a slightly different property, really, because that was, you know, you were talking about adults now that are yeah. too old to, to take up the leads, whereas these, these guys would still be, you know, quite easily um, capable of being the leads. But I just don't think it would work. I don't think, I don't think at the time it would have worked, because I think it... It wouldn't have been as good as the first one by any no. means. I think it would have really fallen foul of that sequel kind of horror show that, that you you know you get where you get well, a great so, first mean, film and plus what other monsters are left? Zombies maybe, but yeah, there's not really a lot of ways you can go with it. And no, so I'm glad it's a one and done. I, yeah. I, I think as a one and done, you know, perfect. It's just it's digestible and it's fun and that's it and then you yeah. make of it what you want you know that's they're it's, the best films it's very but... much it, it ends where it is as well it where it should doesn't it the story i don't yeah. think i think again if they even if they did an afterlife ghostbusters afterlife sort of approach there's always that little pang of disappointment for what you missed in the middle yeah because that was my yeah. thing with finishing ghostbusters 2 today it's like i'm looking forward to afterlife but at the same time egon's not going to be in it because obviously I'll, I'll be a mess when it's on because I'll, I'll be I'll cry that Egon's not in it Egon was always my favourite and I'll it's... cry that the rest of them are you know older the, <laughs> which yeah, is weird it's, it's a passing of the torch thing isn't yeah it? and it, it will upset me I'm really looking forward to seeing it I'm not I don't think I'm going to go to the cinema and see it though I've got to be honest I don't think I'm quite ready for that yet yeah um, I think because I introduced Jack to <laughs> Ghostbusters and Ghostbusters 2 mm it's sort of in preparation for going to see this at the cinema. Yeah. Because Andy well, wants to come with us. So I said we're just going to look like a gay couple taking our son. Fair enough. Which I'm fine with. Yeah. <laughs> Why not? But um, <laughs> but that's the, 
Yeah, I, I'm going to be quite upset about that. But I think this, this, you know, yeah, you could have looked and said, oh, maybe the Monster Squad, there could have been a whole, you know, series of Monster Squad adventures. But then you're going into, like, Scooby-Doo territory, aren't you? And it's like, yeah, how could they do it? I mean, as... maybe as a cartoon it might have worked, but, you know. Yeah, it was a comic a bit like they did with Big Trouble in Little China yeah. and Back to the Future and that, where they continued it in a comic. So yeah. it doesn't have to be you can choose to ignore it or not kind of thing then. Mm in that way that you know if it's not on a film it's not canon <laughs> yeah but i think no bit bit like you know some of the great films but like things like texas chainsaw you know just just do one and done yeah you know you don't i mean i know um toby hooper kind of took the piss a bit with with texas too but you know if you look at texas chainsaw, then it's Hopper, a, chainsaw fighting yeah which is you know because they that said they want to talk. For that bit. He only agreed to do it apparently. If he said, "Well, I'm going to do something completely different," then and they're like, "All right, then." So he did, and he turned it into a comedy. But it's, um, the, you know, you look at the first film of that, and you think that's a film that never needs a sequel, and it yeah. certainly doesn't need a fucking prequel. You know, oh, the story of Leatherface as a baby, and you're like, oh Jesus, you know, stop giving everything the backstory, will you? It don't well, need yeah. it. This so I'm glad it's a one and done. Zombies Halloween. Oh, yeah. I don't need to know that no. Michael Pert no. and his parents were trailer trash. And... No, just leave it. Walk away and leave no. it. I mean, to be so, fair, they did stuff within continuity of the Halloween films, like where he was a part of a druid fucking cult or whatever it was. <laughs> yeah. It's like, really? And again, really, if you'd have looked at if they'd have just made Halloween and yeah. they'd never have made Halloween 2 or any, anything else, they'd just that would have been a it still is a classic film, don't get me wrong, but it would have been even better, I think, because yeah. you've already been like, fuck it, what happened at the end of that? You know, and I love that open-ending thing where sometimes you go, mm, What's well, it? It's creepier knowing that he's still out there, that, you know, they yeah. don't know the reason he was going after Laurie because, you know, there's no backstory built into that exactly. film. Yeah. But, um, Which is bullshit anyway. Yeah. Well, yeah, I mean, we could do a whole podcast on the Halloween series. <laughs> it's not his sister. There you go. You know, stupid, stupid so, plot device. That's one of those things I like started thinking about device. it. It's like, well, we never saw any evidence of the sister, and then why in Halloween <laughs> 2 are we having flashbacks of her visiting him in hospital? <laughs> fucking nonsense. It's like, it? if you took her away and changed her name, why are you then letting her rock up to visit Michael in fucking yeah. a mental institute? Yeah, but if they did do it, it just going back to Monsters Gone, actually, if they did do a sequel these days, or a prequel, it would probably focus on, like, you know, why Horace has got an eating disorder and you know, and all that kind of stuff, and it'd be maybe focused on kind of Eugene and the fact that he's scarred because nobody would ever believe him. Yeah. You know, and I say yeah. it'd be like Hit Chapter Two if you did it now, wouldn't it? Unfortunately, <laughs> it's them coming back as grown-ups because the monsters have come back. That'd be the only way you could go to it. Yeah. Let's face it, the adult bits of it were always the boring bits. True. Yeah, I think stick a fork in this one. It's done. That's yeah. the way, isn't it? Definitely. I, I've always said there's no shame in being a one and done movie. Not everything needs to be a fucking franchise. <laughs> no. I completely agree, mate. Sometimes it works better for your film to just be on your own. <laughs> yeah. Like I say, I mean, my big disappointment with it is that it isn't held up there when people talk about the Goonies. People be like, yeah, never mind that shit. Did you watch fucking Monster Squad? It's can't man. If ever there was a film dying for a decent, like in English language, like I say, I know I've got the Spanish one, I think it got re-released in America a couple of times. Mm. But this film's crying out for an Arrow release. Oh, yeah. Yeah. 
definitely. It needs a Graham Humphreys cover as well. So I vaguely remember it coming out to buy on video in this country because I'm pretty sure it was in the Cinema Club line. Mm. The, the ones you used to be able to get in Woolworths for about a fiver. That had yeah, little, like four ninety nine, weren't they? Yeah, yeah, little gold Cinema Club thing on the spine. Yeah. But um, yeah, after that, probably worth a fortune. That you know, that. But, yeah, I didn't buy that. I bought Ghostbusters instead. Well, do you know what? Yeah, I'm not going to argue there, though. I mean, no, I know, mean absolutely adore Ghostbusters. It's, it's uh, definitely the Sophie's Choice of 80s movies. Yeah, it's, uh, still love Ghostbusters. It's due but watch. It, it, it needs an Arrow release with Wolfman's Got Nards on a separate disc. Agreed. Let's package the two together and get it the fuck out. I guarantee it will sell. Cause I guarantee you look at some of the shit Arrow release. Yeah. But, you know, awesome that they're finding these obscure movies and releasing them but you're also looking at it like you're telling me that's got more name recognition than the monster squad it's like i'm sure you know there's licensing issues and that but you fucking release it people will fucking buy it yeah. especially if you package it with wolfman's got nars or the monster squad forever dvd or fucking and everything banger yeah commission gray and umphreys to do a fold out cover poster yeah. thing of it <gasps> did you see his monster squad one he did as a commission no posted it on facebook go back through his facebook page oh he did one as a commission that i think he's going to sell as prints i don't know whether they'll be oh, like available just at cons i didn't know he'd done it oh all right well, i'll, 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 well, I started I'll send him a message because obviously i had him on the podcast last year for yeah Halloween. that's where i did it sort of so, discovered that he was on facebook well i'll drop him so a, I'll, one of that, but. right just make but yeah, he did know. he did an awesome monster squad poster so i think he was having on don't know whether he was not selling it because obviously he doesn't have the license <clears throat> to sell it. So it might have been like mm. they were freebies at, an, at a con that he was doing wow. them as prints. But it was yeah. it was a stunning piece. He is, though. He's fucking unreal, that guy. He's, so, he's unreal. you know, the work's already done, Arrow. You've got exactly. your cover already built in. Put your finger, I hope they'll listen to this. Like, put your fucking finger out. Get it sorted out. I mean, you know releasing some more gallo that, that to be fair is just fucking boring after yeah. a while you know get get monster squad on get yeah. you're right i want that and i want that bloody nerds documentary as well which you that's can't what i mean rent. double package them because you've got the fucking you've got your built my money. featurette i'm waving my money at you that's yeah. it oh i'll buy that in a 40 quid 4k box set and just fucking do it <laughs> As long as I've got it. <laughs> oh, brilliant. Brilliant. So, yes, if you haven't seen it, get on it. Well, that was going to be my last question. You know, would you tell people to watch it? I, I would probably. Sometimes you, know, you love a film, but you're kind of like, nah, I don't think other people would appreciate it. <laughs> I wouldn't. I think if you like the Goonies and Ghostbusters and that, definitely fucking watch it. I could say, go into it knowing that it is mm. a 1987 monster movie for kids. See, I'd say it, I'd be wary if the people like the Goonies. Because I'm not sure. Yeah. It might, it might be a bit too similar to them and, and they might, you well, know, I, go, I think oh, it's, it's not the Goonies. Fun. It's like, no, because it's not fucking annoying. That's why. Yeah, but oh, that sort of lets you know the kind of people you don't have to bother with anymore in future. Yeah. But I think definitely, you know, I'd, I'd sort of, my, my barometer would be, have you ever seen Big Trouble in Little China or They Live? It's like, yeah. what do you think? It's like, yeah, all right. Have you ever seen this? It's like, no, no, because only four of us ever saw it in the cinema. That's why. 
Um, <laughs> but watch it if you can track down, you know, if you can go to the Peruvian jungle or somewhere and track down an undiscovered tribe who's still got some VHS videos, uh, they might have a copy. Watch it. Or just go on YouTube. There's plenty of fucking, like I say, um, or don't go to Nostalgia Critic because that's problematic now, allegedly. Right, um, right. But yeah, there's plenty. There's like an Oliver Harper retrospective sort of 15-minute documentary on it. And admittedly, yeah. those are kind of better if you've already seen the film, but still, it'll give you a taste of what you're in for. Uh, or just mind all that. Just <laughs> yourself. We're telling them to watch it. Exactly, watch that should it. be enough. Don't, don't need to go and look at Oliver Hardy's video channel, whatever it's called. <laughs> it's just me and Stuart here. We're professionals. Well, yeah, I mean, we know what we're talking about. We did Noel's Bard, for fuck's sake. We know what we're on about. <laughs> Part of me does wonder whether Hulk Hogan got a check not long after that episode. He's like, there's been a bump. What's this, like, extra scent I got for No Holds Barred? Yeah. But yeah, there was a podcast in England. Hey, oh, brother. Cool. <laughs> <laughs> oh, dear me. No, uh, I would definitely recommend it. To, I wouldn't recommend it to everyone. I'd kind of... If it's, if it's people I didn't know... And then I'd go, go and watch it. But I'd warn them that, you know, this is the parameters by which you must watch the film. Yeah. Don't take it seriously. Don't just, you know. I think Big Trouble and Little China is a good benchmark. Yeah. It's a great Saturday night film. And I've said that a few times now, but I really do believe it's one of those films that you could just, when there's nothing else to watch, despite subscribing to 500 bloody streaming channels, you know, there'll be, you could go, let's watch this. And you'd still enjoy it. It's that perfect 80s video shop movie. Yeah, I agree. That's, I mean, you did a whole episode on video shop box art, but this is another one that had that great video shop box art. Which I never ever found out who did the artwork, you know. I could never get to the bottom of it. No, there's a couple of films that I'm like, I really love the poster. It must be either Drew Struzan or, you know, one of the other big names. And it's like, nope, can't no. find it in any of their books. Can't no. find it in... <laughs> Google it. It just tells me it's some fucking twat on Pinterest. Yeah. Um, none of the none of the big names did it. It just, you know, I think it was just a production, in-house yeah. production thing, you know. But it's a shame. It's a shame. Yeah. But there we go. So yeah. yeah. But awesome. Yeah, I mean, usually with these episodes then, I end them with the Pivo questions, but you answered those on No Holds Barred. I did. And, and you were No Holds Barred. So me and Andy on our... So go back and listen to the No Holds Barred episode if people want to hear your Pivo question answers. But yeah, me not. and Andy sort of... <laughs> the complaints have only just stopped, yeah. so probably... <laughs> Let's get a fresh that. new batch in. Listen yeah, me to and Andy rant sort of... about fucking Randy for an hour and a half. <laughs> fucking Randy. Oh, yeah. I had to bring him up, didn't you? I was in a good mood. Couldn't help it, mate. Stupid fucking Randy. He's a dick. He's... Yeah. Mm. Rip him. Rip him. Fucking rip you. Never mind that. Don't tell the bad guys that you're the fucking dude's brother. Yeah. <laughs> <You> twat. <laughs> Who needs enemies? <laughs> it's like, it's, that's when you want Winston from Ghostbusters to be like, Randy, next time somebody asks you if you're a rich brother, you say no. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Dickhead. 
brilliant. brilliant. But, but it's worth, if, again, I hate to throw back, but if you've never seen Old Barn and you listen to this, <laughs> go and watch the Old Barn. Oh, my word. What Dookie. a film. What a film. <laughs> <laughs> oh. But, yeah, um, so, yeah, me and Andy ad-libbed some questions last week, and I'm going to try, see whether they'll play over as a backup for the lack of Pivo. All right. So, this might get edited out then. It could do. We'll we'll see how it goes. <laughs> right. So good news. They're making a film of your life. Uh, so the first question is, who's going to play you? Johnny Vegas. Nice. Well, we're both from St. Helens. Uh, so, and yeah, <laughs> the similarities probably don't stop there. <laughs> I, I don't know where your sex life with the potato men then. <laughs> All right, then uh, what genre of film is it going to be? Tragic comedy. Nice. I think I know where this is going for the next one. Uh, who's directing the movie? Mike Lee. I knew it. <laughs> Fucking knew it. <laughs> it would have been Toby Hooper, but he's dead. Well, I mean, that, that doesn't necessarily have to. Yeah. yeah. Let's stick with Mike Lee. Because that'll, this will really upset people on both sides of the spectrum. <laughs> All right then, who's playing the, the leading lady? Who's uh, playing the leading lady? Ooh, now then, that's a tricky one. Considering the leading lady will be H, I'm trying to think of someone who could. Yeah, carry I mean, this is going to be particularly awkward if she's not. <laughs> the, the, the gravitas of that role. You can try the. It's a fictionalised version, honest. <laughs> <laughs> don't think it'd wash. <laughs> oh god, I, try, I can't. You know, I've blanked on names as well now. I'd have said probably divine. Cool. And that was the last you heard of him. <laughs> <laughs> Wasn't me. John Waters got involved. It wasn't my fault. Yeah. Okay. Who's doing the soundtrack? Ooh. Either the that's score a, or that's a good question. Songs. That's a good question. Um, I've got to say, probably Prince. Nice. Because you know, in the style of Batman, um, yeah. where it's an entire album just of Prince being Prince. And if it wasn't Prince, then it'd have to be Frank Zappa and the Mothers. Yeah. Maybe both. Maybe yeah. it's, maybe it's a double album. Yeah. Music from the film and the concept album. That's it. The Zappa concept album would be amazing. <clears throat> but he'd probably have to bring in Beefheart just because. Uh, well, hey, that extra. I would not argue. That would be a that would be a dream come true. All right then, and finally, what's the title of the movie? It's probably the title I would have of my autobiography, which is, "What the fuck is this? What the <laughs> fuck is that?" <laughs> Awesome. Cheers for answering those and cheers it's to right. Monster Squad. <laughs> You're very welcome. It's been an absolute pleasure, mate. Absolute pleasure. And you, I really enjoyed that. Cheers, man. <laughs> no worries. Who's your team? All right, son. Where are they? Where are the monsters? Mommy came in my house. Can somebody tell me what the Sam Hill is going on around here? Well, we can, sir. Well, who are you? 
me the monster squad. the monster squad uh, i'd like to thank damien for coming on the episode again and talking about the monster squad with me uh, really enjoyed it um apologies i forgot to ask damien in the episode for his show links we're having such a good time talking about the film and the various other things that came up throughout that uh, i clean forgot all about it um so basically if you search art 92 on facebook twitter or type it into a search engine they should come up that's art 92 or written out as a word as words rather than as numbers um all the links will be in the show notes anyway, where you can also find our links to where you can find Nerds Who Haunt Themselves online or find me online if you're feeling sadomasochistic. Um, yeah, that's pretty much it for this episode. We'll hope to be back in a couple of weeks. Um, this one obviously dropped early on Halloween, so we'll be back to a regular Tuesday thing for this episode with the next one. Um, like I say, it'll probably be in two weeks' time or so. Uh, not sure for what film yet. We've got a couple lined up. Um, if you are listening from Arrow Films release the monster squad or sony if you're listening you've got it in the vault get it out there come on whack wolfman's got nards on there too um yeah other than that then that has been it for this episode uh it's been a nose who haunted themselves production and i've been Stuart moraine and until next time uh keep enjoying movies keep looking after yourself and each other and just generally do that thing you do thanks for listening bye hey fat kid Good job. My name is Horace.